Welcome to the Pittsburgh Steeler Path Power Half Hour Steeler fans. I'm Chris, got Joe with me. Paul is taking a week off. So Joe, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, and it's Joe Frost, in case you're wondering. Uh, Paul, you answered sick the break. And I'm Chris P. Where do you guys? Uh, talking about the Steelers. And hey, we're in July. Kind of a quiet time. Um, <laughs> I, in my regular full-time gig in um, Ohio... I um, write stories for Ohio websites, so uh, it was interesting. I wrote today about Baker Mayfield being traded, which is kind of interesting. Uh, but really, other than days like that, it's kind of a slower time. So in terms of the Steelers who we're talking about, I want to talk a little bit about the AFC North uh, this week. Um, I'll be honest. I've kind of flip-flopped a little bit on how I think the Steelers will do. Um, when we first started talking about the new season with the schedule, I'm like, ooh, the Sears quarterbacks aren't as experienced as the other quarterbacks in the AFC. It could be a tough year. But, you know, the longer the offseason goes, and, you know, when you look at things like the Browns, quite possibly not having Deshaun Watson at all for, or for part of the year, I'm starting to feel better about the Sears' chances. I'm getting a little bit more optimistic. So I'm, I'm telling Joe here, let's take our show today. Let's compare the Sears to the Browns, the Ravens, and the Bengals, and let's make a case for that the Steelers could end up being better than those teams and potentially win the AFC North. Um, so, Joe, let's start with probably the team not expected to do quite as well, uh, the Cleveland Browns. Um, we're still waiting on news of Deshaun Watson's suspension. I'm hearing some crazy reports saying maybe he won't be suspended at all. I, I kind of come down the side of at least six games, maybe eight games, maybe a whole year. But let's take a look at both ways, with or without Deshaun Watson. Um, I'll tell you, Joe, the Browns cannot get out of their own way. I think the Steelers are a better coach team than the Browns. Oh, easily. Yeah. I don't think there's too much argument to be had there. That's, That's a pretty easy argument to make. Well, and we can break, and we got time to break it down more than just saying, hey, they got a better coach. But if you look at last year, and I, I think we talked about this a week or two ago, Mike Tomlin's such a great coach. The Steelers shouldn't have been where they were at last year. They were, they did better because of the leadership of Mike Tomlin. Um, the Browns could have easily beat the Steelers twice last year. The Browns have run the ball at all, they've got good running backs. They're just not making the decision to run the ball like they should. If they, the Sooners didn't have a great run defense last year, Browns could easily won both games if they ran the ball more. I And again, the Browns have changed their team around. They have Deshaun Watson. They don't have Baker Mayfield. Who knows how long they're going to have Deshaun Watson for. But you look at the upper management. Kevin Stefanski, a coach, the Haslam's. They find a way of getting in their own way, no matter what type of offseason they have or anything else. I, I think the coaching's better. I think on paper, obviously, if, if Deshaun Watson plays a good portion of the year, yeah, you know, not from a personality standpoint, but I think, you know, Deshaun Watson's probably a better ability quarterback than, you know, Mitch Trubisky or Kane Pickett this year. But, you know, there's a lot of other stuff to go in with Deshaun Watson. How is he going to manage being in Cleveland? If somehow he plays most of the year, is he going to be productive? I mean, he's a really good quarterback, 
But I can't guarantee you that Deshaun Watson, if he plays most of the year, is going to light up for the Browns. I, I don't know. Well, for the moment, we can just play that little game with the Deshaun Watson. Will he play? Won't he play? And if he does play, what happens? <clears throat> Him being a, a talented quarterback didn't really change the uh, the the winning ways of the Houston Texans. So right. that in and of itself is not is neither here nor there. Uh, the fact that he is a talented football player, that's great. Um, is he a more talented player than uh, than Baker Mayfield? Maybe. Uh, you, there's definitely some numbers things that you could throw out there, but it doesn't hasn't necessarily translated into an overall better, uh, you know, uh, football atmosphere than um, than they had with with Baker Mayfield. So uh, it's so strange to me. And then now you're factoring a guy who's got all of these different accusations and things weighing on top of him. He hasn't played really in a year. Um, it's not an automatic thing that if he plays, everything's going to be hunky-dory. Right. Uh, there's still going to be some rust. There's still going to be some learning a new system, living in a new city, uh, having different team around him. It's it's a big change, and a lot of things can change based off of your environment. Um, Cleveland has been challenged as an environment to get the best out of the players who come there. Uh, I'm, I'm just trying to say it the nicest way that I can. Um, going to Cleveland has not been the answer for very many people's careers. Uh, and so I'm interested to see what they're able to do once they have all of the pieces that they think they want in place and whether or not that chemistry can actually happen. I'm not convinced, as like many people are, that that's automatic, that that's all going to, that everything's going to gel. Just putting all of the right pieces together doesn't, you know, doesn't necessarily uh, mean everything gels together. Well, and look at the skill positions, too. I mean, yeah, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are good. I, I'm glad the Steelers have a better running back that can compare uh, somewhat to those guys and Najee Harris. Um, but, you know, Chubb and um, you know, Hunt are really good. Uh, you know, Joe, I'm looking at the receivers. Um, you know, Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. weren't the same as they played in the past, as they've been in the past. Well, Odell's not there anymore. Right. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're both not there anymore. Yeah. The Browns got Amari Cooper. Now, Amari Cooper is a, he's a skilled wide receiver. I'm not saying he's bad. Oh, yeah. I mean, no, he's, he's not. He's, he's good. good. But, but I'm looking at his stats. I pull him up here. Uh, 68 catches, 865 yards, 8 touchdowns. Not bad, but if you compare it to, like, the Steelers, for example, I mean, Deontay Johnson had over 100 catches last year. Now, I know in some ways it's like comparing apples and oranges. A lot of his catches came on, you know, short passes. I, I, I get all of that. But don't tell me that Amari Cooper is, like, definitely far and away the best receiver, you know, if you compare it to the Steelers and the Browns. He's not. And if you look at their number two, that's a big question mark. They, they got a guy in the third round that they're high on, but the Steelers got a guy in the second round that they're really high on. You know, mm -hmm. um, the number two receiver for the Browns is, I, I'm hearing Donovan Peoples-Jones, who had mm -hmm. a couple of good games last year. Yeah. He didn't have a lot of good games. So when you're comparing the offenses, I'm, I'm, yeah, you know, Deshaun Watson's better on paper than Mitch Trubisky. And, 
But, you know, you're, you're probably not going to have Deshaun Watson. And like you said, even when Deshaun Watson was good, Houston never really got that far. They were either out of the playoffs in the first year or, you know, lately they stunk. I mean, they didn't have the guys around them. And even if they have Deshaun Watson, he doesn't have the guys around him. I mean, he doesn't have I, – I like the Steelers' offensive weapons more than the Browns. I mean, they've got better, um, you know, altogether uh, people to throw the ball to. Uh, you look at Pat Fryermuth. I'm a big David Njoku guy. I, I kind of wish the Steelers would have drafted him. Mm-hmm. Um, he went one pick before the Steelers. But they overpaid for Njoku. I mean, I, he got like this franchise tag and everything. And you've got Pat Fryermuth, who's just coming to zone on a rookie contract. So, even though I like Njoku, I, I would much rather have Pat Fryer move. So, I mean, I think the offense, which is going to be the big question mark for the Steelers, I think they match really well with the Browns. Yeah, offense to offense, I think you're probably right. Um, the Browns' defense is going to be solid. It's going to be stout. It's going to be what it's been in years past. But the schemes that the that the Steelers coaching staff used against the Browns last year worked. And that's with uh Roethlisberger being where he was. Uh it's 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 so difficult because I think so much of it again comes down to chemistry and building up the right chemistry, you know, a, a mediocre uh or at least middling uh receiver can be turned into a great numbers receiver just because they gel with a quarterback really, really well. And that quarterback knows where they're going to be. They know, they know, they just know each other's rhythms that well. And, you know, everything works really, really great. And sometimes, you know, a really great receiver uh, gets on a new team with a quarterback that just isn't in rhythm with them. And it's a, it's a whole different story. So I'm really interested to see the way that the rhythm builds up with the new Steelers quarterbacks and how that all is going to work with the with the receiving core that um, that are on on staff now. But the Browns don't have any more surety than the Steelers do. And I agree with you to the point. The Browns have good players on their defense, um, but I'll be honest with you. I'm looking at their results from last year. They had some games where their defense looked good. But they had four of the 17 games, they gave up over 30 points. Now, now granted, it was to some good offenses with the Chiefs, the Chargers, right. Arizona. Right. They gave up 45 New England. I mean, ugh, I mean, come on. So I'm not saying the Browns have a terrible defense, but, you know, the Steelers, I think when you look back at last year, just with all the injuries, and they really didn't have the depth they needed, their defense struggled to be mm-hmm. playing. But even though if you get injuries, you're going to get injuries. It's the NFL. The season's way too long, 17 games. But I think now you're going to see a lot more depth in the Steelers' defense. And I think on paper, the Steelers far outshine the Browns. And you might say, well, they have Miles Garrett. TJ Watts better than Miles Garrett. Yeah. Who oh, else? no, no. No, one's, no, yeah. one's, no one in this conversation is going to be glowing right. about Miles Garrett so much. And, and, they have a they have a good defense, but it is not proven to be as you know right. knock you out of the game as as other defenses. So I think that I think the Steelers are still in a good spot against the Browns. And I also he, think they're in a good spot against the Ravens. To be to be honest, well, I mean, from my perspective, I think 
there's uh, there's definitely a lot of uh, a lot of weaknesses when it comes to the the Ravens' offense still. Well, and one quick thought about the Browns, and we'll move on to Ravens. I I think they're sit nice with or without Deshaun Watson. To be honest, um, Ravens, as you were saying, Joe, um, mm-hmm. I agree. I, I mean, they, they match up well. I like Lamar Jackson. I, I like him a little bit more than other people do, but Lamar isn't consistent enough. He hasn't shown the consistency in the past couple of years, but that's also been a weakness of not having a, a solid, uh, consistent receiving core. Uh, right. And again, I think to a certain extent, that's some of the chemistry with between uh, between Lamar Jackson and his receiving core in terms of them being where he needs them to be. Uh, and then if they're not there, he's going to break off for a run. He, he doesn't have the patience um, because he's also looking for running lanes as he's looking for passing lanes. Um, he's, he's far more likely to take off and get some of those yards uh, with his legs that he isn't going to be able to get with his arms because there isn't the, quite the chemistry. And then uh, they traded away one of uh, his favorite receivers. Um, so somebody he did have chemistry with. So we're in a, you're in a tough spot then coming into this. They picked up other pieces that have made them stronger. They've made some improvements on their line. They've got some some solid pieces on the defense. But the, the receiving core, somebody for him to throw to, he can't throw to himself. He has to throw to somebody else. Top receivers here, Rashard Bateman. He was a 2021 first-round pick. He was hurt a lot. Uh, so it's not to say he's a flop, but... They were just plagued with injuries right. last year. It was the worst. Um, but but the other three, uh, Tylen Wallace, Devin Duvernay, uh, James Prochi, I mean, none of these guys have that much experience. Right. Uh, yeah, Joe, you're right. The running back room was trash. But J.K. Dobbins, and you know, a lot of Ohio State people like him, I'm not super sold on J.K. Dobbins. If he comes back, he's going to be a stud running back. Um, yeah, they, they did upgrade on defense. But I think, you know, skill positions, the Steelers are much better. I, I think the defense matches up with the Ravens and is better. So I, the Steelers can buy the Ravens. Uh, I still think so, yes. And, you know, you look at the special teams, like, you know, we everyone talks a lot about Tucker, well, Chris Boswell may not be able to kick quite as far as Tucker does, but Boswell matches up well. I mean, I don't know what the the difference is. Yeah. So he, he, he can't kick enough points to to win games, all of them. And before we, <laughs> right, yeah, obviously. And before we go to the break, let me make one thing clear. Now, if you're a fan of the Ravens or Browns who are listening to this, you're like, well, what if you know, T.J. Watt gets hurt. Yeah, there is question marks on the Steelers that if death-wise could pose a problem to the Steelers. But the point I, I guess we're trying to make through this is at the beginning of the year, I'm like, oh, man, the Steelers can't compete with anybody. Now I'm looking and saying, geez, on paper, the Steelers could compete with everybody. I mean, I, I, I still question maybe like some of the other teams in the AFC, like the Buffalo Bills, but I think in the AFC North, they're easily at the same level and higher up than their Ravens and Browns. Any concern about what I just said there? I don't have any concerns about that. I, I, there are still question marks about right. because none of our quarterbacks have actually thrown a pass for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But uh, they are professional guys, and they will be coached. 
<laughs> and that's that stuff's going to come together over time. Um, but I don't think the Steelers are so far behind that they aren't at least in this part of the conversation on par or or just above. They're capable of getting past both the Cleveland Browns and the, the Baltimore Ravens uh, this year, yeah. which puts them in the in the category of talking about are they first or second in the division. Yeah, and let's take a break now, and let's kind of um, dive a little deeper into the Bengals because I think that's going to be maybe a harder question to answer. But there's a way I think that the series stuff could be better than the Bengals. Um, but, hey, let's break. We'll be back on the BehindTheSteelCurtain.com's Pittsburgh Steelers Power Half Hour with Chris Peter, Paul Yanchek, and Joe Frost. We'll be right back. Another day coming out with it and making something new. While I'm awake, and welcome back to the Pittsburgh Sewer Power Half Hour. I'm Chris Pugh, got Joe Frost with me, Paul Yanchek's off this week. Uh, this week we're talking about we are feeling better about the Pittsburgh Steelers and we're making arguments for the Steelers being better in the AFC North than their competitors. And I think we already made the argument well for the Browns and the Ravens. Uh, we're going to take the next 12 minutes or so uh, talking about the Bengals. And, you know, it's so weird, Joe. Even last year, if we had this conversation, it would be weird to say, Man, we've got to prove the Steelers are better than the Bengals. Because in years past, we have just said, hey, they're the Steelers, they're the Bengals. And you're like, no duh. You know, the Steelers are much better. But the Bengals actually made the Super Bowl last year. And some stuff came um, together for them, from Joe Burrow playing well to, man, Jamar Chase. I, I want Jamar Chase on my team, Joe. I mean, that's one, one Bingo I'm jealous that I wish I could have. But... I, I think the Steelers have a chance. Joe, I want to start on the other side of the ball, the defense. Mm-hmm. I think the Bengals have some good defenders. I don't think mm-hmm. they're terrible. I watch a lot of the Bengals' playoff run from the wild card game to the Super Bowl, and their playoff run wasn't... Like, if you look at the Steelers, you're like, okay, T.J. Watt, superstar. He's going to make plays. You're going to be stunned if he doesn't make plays. Uh, you look at Cam Hayward. It was a tough spot for the Steelers last year. Uh, with injuries and lack of depth, Cam Hayward may have had one of his best years in his career. He was outstanding. You look at Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, Minka didn't have as many splash plays as he normally did, but Minka had to play run defense really hard to plug up a lot of holes. These guys were outstanding. They were fantastic. The Bengals and their defense had nobody like that. And what propelled them to a Super Bowl run was... They kept getting plays from unknown people like Eli Apple and some other guys like that. Where, yeah, if you get enough of those plays, you can make a Super Bowl run. But I can't, I'm not convinced, Joe, that like um, Sam Hubbard, he's an Ohio State guy who was one of their better defensive rushers. Is he going to be outstanding this year? I mean, he's not a superstar player. Um, I'm not sure if Eli Apple's going to be that guy. Jesse Bates, he's a great, strong. Uh, safety. Uh, Jesse Bates not, may not play until he gets a new contract. Um, you know, the Steelers got it done with Minka. I mean, he signed, sealed, delivered. Bates has still, I mean, there's question marks on, on the contracts. 
<clears throat> and if the Bengals can't solve it, it's going to hurt their defense for the year. So the Bengals aren't a terrible defense, but everything came together for them on the right side. You compare that to the Steelers, yeah, the Steelers had struggles last year on defense, but as we talked before, their depth got a lot better. I think this <clears throat> Steelers defense could be the light years ahead of the Bengals defense. I might be biased, but I think I can make a good case for that. What do you think about the defenses? <clears throat> well, I think <clears throat> I think when, when you're talking about uh, the defense of the, the Bengals, uh, especially on defense, but I think the Bengals were the team, one of the teams that had been the most successful over the past <clears throat> couple of years, certainly last year, at playing the money ball game. Uh, in, in terms of football, they are the they're one of the moneyball teams of a football. They found ways of finding the value players uh, and paying you know reasonable contract sizes for guys who had been passed over by other teams uh, and put them together and got them to play as a team. They had good chemistry and they were very fortunate last year. In, in in dealing with uh, the fewest amount of injuries to their core players, they did have some injuries. Like Ogun Joby actually went down during the playoffs, but they had uh, BJ Hill instead. Um, but they weren't immune to injuries. But overall, when you look at what happened to the Ravens last year, even what the Steelers were dealing with with uh, Tyson Alualu being out, and uh, then to it obviously not playing at all last season and now retiring um, major pieces that at most teams at some point during the season have to deal with major pieces being gone for a significant period of time. And that's not something that the Bengals had to deal with on the same level as most other teams. So I, I, I credit them for playing hard and doing well and getting to the Super Bowl. Congratulations. I do think that they were fortunate to get through the whole season and avoid a lot of major injury things. And it is not as likely to be as easy a campaign a second year in a row in, in the injury front. And so then you're talking about depth. And that's where I think um, – not having the superstar players that they don't have really have on defense. They've worked as a collective. And I like that kind of football, frankly. Uh, I think I admire that kind of football. But um, as soon as you have to start replacing those guys and the chemistry is different and they're not superstar players, you've, you've got some difficulties and a big hurdle to get over. So I actually am uh, plenty happy with where the Steelers are in terms of their their makeup of uh, of talent on the field and their capacity to work as a team. Okay, as well, a defense. Yeah, it, it looks like offense a little bit. Now this is where it's going to get a little bit tough. Um, Joe Burrow really seemed to come on in his own. Uh, he played a lot better. Um, I'd like the fact. You know, I'm talking objectively. Um, you know, the Bengals' office line last year stunk. And, you know, it was interesting. I mean, I mean just think about it. The um, divisional playoff game they won against the Titans. Joe Burrow was sacked nine times. Usually when you're sacked nine times, you lose. 
they found a way of still winning the game. Now, Tennessee's offense was awful in that game, too. But I, I think credit Burrow for winning a tough game. And, you know, he beat the Chiefs. Um, and he let a comeback against the Chiefs. That's kind of hard to do, too. And, you know, they came with a whisker of actually winning the Super Bowl. I mean, it was a pretty close game. I will tell you, it is hard. Uh, I think Marino made the Super Bowl his second year. And I remember following football at that time going, holy crap, Dan Marino's a great quarterback. He'll be in the Super Bowl many more year times. Uh, Joe, for as great as Marino's career was, he never made it back. So, and, you know, I appreciate Joe Burrow's story. I, I appreciate how he represents Athens, Ohio. It's not a affluent area. I, he seems like a decent human being, which is great. I hope more people like him. But that said... I know Bengals fans and team sunk has sunk for so long. It's like, wow, they made the Super Bowl. This is great. It's not that easy to come back there. I mean, Steelers haven't been there in a while. It's not easy. And the Steelers have had a good team. Um, the Bengals have a new offensive line. On paper, it's fantastic. On paper, it's a lot better than they had last year. But those guys have to come together. I mean, look at the Browns. You know, the Browns, when they bring a lot of new players, it takes a while for players to gel. It takes a while for players to play well. You know, Joe Burrow had to play a different way because his offensive line sunk last year. Can Joe Burrow adjust to playing, uh, you know, under a different type of line? It's not as easy as you think it is. You know what I mean? I'll tell you, the Bengals have good receivers. I mean, Jamar Chase is in a league of his own. But after Jamar Chase, they're good. They're not great. I mean, would you take the other Bengals receivers over even Deontay Johnson? I don't Aiden's know. Boyd? I wouldn't, no. Yeah. Now, Jamar Chase is a different story. I'm jealous. I, I wish he was a sealer. But, you know, the other guys, I, I wouldn't. Uh, Joe Mixon, decent running back. I take Harris over Joe Mixon right now. And I think as Harris develops, it's going to be, yeah, no doubt. I would definitely take, you know, um, Harris over the other guy. So, yeah, on paper, the Bengals look good. But, again, when they meet head-to-head, they're playing the strength of the Steelers in their defense. And, yeah, the Bengals looked good last year, but it's with a Steelers that weren't filled with depth. Look at that nose tackle. The Bengals ran all over the Steelers in that game where they played in Cincinnati. Steelers now have Larry Ogunjobi and Ty Lulu at defensive tackle. I mean... That defensive line has gotten immensely better once this time last year. Now, they got to stay healthy, and I get that. But again, we're making an argument for how the Steelers can win that game. And the Bengals' strength, which isn't as strong as you think it is, is going to get the Steelers' length, uh, strength, and I think that can negate each other out. I, I mean, I, I think the Bengals, I mean, I think the Steelers match up well with the Bengals. And that's why when we had our schedule you know, game where we picked the teams, I think the Steelers could beat the Bengals. Uh, I think the Bengals are coming in a little bit stuck up, and, and they're they're ready to be taken. I mean, I wouldn't be stunned if the Steelers won that game, first game. Yeah, I don't think the difference between them is so vast that you would immediately write the Steelers off out of those games. I don't, yeah. I don't see that happening at all. Uh, I think I picked them to split the two the two games because I think they just they are they are a good matchup 
um, I think, yeah, when you look at the, 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 the Bengals coming off of last year with a great year and they had a lot of great chemistry going on paper, they look like a stronger offense because they have so many of those pieces coming back that if they were to put up those same numbers, then that's they would this similar situation is going to going to occur, and with upgrades on their offensive line, maybe uh, Burrow spends a less time less time on his back, but that's not necessarily guaranteed, and that doesn't automatically mean that everything is going to go that much better. Uh, I think the 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 Bengals did what the Browns should have done last year. And that was spend more time running on a, a, a Steelers defense that was giving up a lot of running yards. And that's how the Bengals won both of those games. If they're if the Steelers are able to shut down a, a run uh, the way that they're used to shutting down a run, uh, I think the Bengals are in a much different position last year. And I think they are in a different position for next year. I, I think the AFC North, and again, just with some of the things that have happened in the offseason, I think the Steelers have had a really good offseason. Uh, obviously, the Browns have had difficulty. With all that in, in one pot, AFC North is going to be tight. It's going to be tough. And again, it could shake out when the Steelers plays third or fourth. You never know. But I don't think it's as difficult as we have seen like a month or two ago. I, I mean, I think the Steelers are actually in a good place. I'm pretty happy with it. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens in the season. Yeah, I mean, there's so many good questions. My goodness, and, and compelling stories. You can't wait for football. Hey, uh, let's close out. We need to promote some of the other stuff happening on Behind the Steel Curtain. I'm looking at their recent podcast, Joe. Mm-hmm. Mike, check them out. Um, the Curtain Call, uh, Jeff Benedict and Shannon White are... Looking at the Steelers' rebuilt offense. We've talked about that a little bit. A lot of new starters. They're going to tell you what they think about these starters. Um, Matt Peverall uh, is doing a solo show. He's one of the Australian guys on the network. Um, what could the future be for the Steelers at key positions? So check that out. And um, our big boss, the big boss, uh, Jeff Hartman. Uh, he does his Let's Ride podcast. And he says, hey, the Steelers preseason will be exciting this year. I agree with that. It'll be interesting to see what happens. And check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. My goodness, it's July. These guys, I think, put out six or seven stories today. They've got everything you ever need to know about the Steelers, past, present, and future. It, it should be a one-stop. You know, block every other website. Other than, you know, my Ohioan website. And you're good to go. You don't need anything else in life. It's, it's fantastic. So uh, check it out. Um, and thanks for checking out the Behind the Steel Curtain podcast. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers Power Half Hour. Um, Paul Yanchik should be back with us next week. Joe Frost, as always, thank you so much. It's always been fun. And uh, I'm Chris Pugh. <laughs> Sorry for the awkward ending. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>